Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. What a job in front of this emergency goaltender by the Carolina Hurricanes. 28 seconds left. 6-3 Carolina. Ajo out of the corner. Slavin will get to it. 19 seconds on the clock. The bench on their feet. 12 seconds left. Nine seconds. The Kings flip it out to center. Cut off by Hall. Three seconds left. Here's Clifford. Stopped by David Ayers. The Carolina Hurricanes surround him and defeat the Toronto Maple Leafs. 6-3. You finally get to play in an NHL game and you're like, wow, you know, you made it. Uh, Just to be able to get into that game was a dream for me and then to be able to win it with an awesome team and great guys in Carolina uh, made it even better. To be part of that experience and to be part of a guy's dream like that, right? I mean, his dream was to play in the NHL and, and to get that and to be a part of that, you know, experience that emotion was uh, was an awesome feeling and, and one that uh, myself and a ton of other people will never forget, but it's certainly David as well. The thing I remember most about that whole 72 hours was the moment that I went in to tell him that he was going into the game because there were no nerves, there was no fear. It was just pure excitement that he was getting to live out his dream. And when I stormed into that room when Mrazic got crushed there uh, along the boards, he was already putting his gear on. He had the biggest smile on his face. He was like, am I going in? And as we waited for Doug Bennett to finally take him off the ice and we realized that it was happening, I mean, there was just no fear at all. That was the guy who, who you know, was born to do that. Today is officially David Ayers Day in Raleigh. He's on the siren, and we're just about ready to go. What a story. What a night. It's the Carolina Hurricanes and the Dallas Stars straight ahead. This is the Canes Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the host of the Canes Corner Podcast, Adam Gold. Welcome to another episode of the Canes Corner Podcast as we step away from the grind of this season and take a memory lane stroll back, now a little more than a year ago, to the night David Ayers stepped into hockey history. February 22nd, 2020, Exactly 40 years after the miracle on ice, a regular guy with a regular job and a regular life was forced into the spotlight and was never overwhelmed by his surroundings. Hi, I'm Adam Gold, and today we present the final act in the David Ayers story, at least as it pertains to his eight-save winning performance, backstopping the Hurricanes to a 6-3 win over the Maple Leafs. There will most certainly be another act in the life of Ayers, one with actors and scripts as the Zamboni driver turned NHL winner is headed for the big screen. Look, if Rudy is a movie, this sure as heck is. This special episode of the Canes Corner Podcast is brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. For all of your exterior home improvement needs, there is only one place to go. 
That's to Sammy Hanna and his crew at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. Windows, entry doors, storm doors, roofing, etc. No one touches the Aluminum Company for quality of work and the standard of customer service. Online, AluminumCompany.com. So when we last left our hero, the Hurricanes had just put the wraps on a 6-3 win in Toronto, a night that began just like any other, with airs in the building, ready to act as the emergency backup goaltender just in case one team's goalie was injured. It's something that had happened before. This was not the first time he'd put the equipment on. But in each of those other games, the second goaltender didn't also get injured. So he just stayed in a back room and watched or played words with friends or whatever he did. But on this night, a little more than 20 game minutes after Carolina's Peter Morazic replaced an injured James Reimer, Morazic found himself in an up-ice car wreck and it was time for Ayers to make history. 28 minutes and change later, Ayers was a game winner, an instant celebrity, and about as in-demand as you can imagine for a Toronto boy who went from practice target to emergency goalie on hockey night in Canada. And that's where we begin with then-Hurricanes voice, John Forslund. I'm sure hockey fans in our area here understand what that is, but unless you've been in that country on a Saturday night, and been out and about and see how people, you know, flock to uh, pubs and taverns and restaurants to watch games. And, and then if you're actually in the building on a Saturday night and in that city, in the so-called center of the hockey universe in Toronto, it's unbelievable theater. James Reimer noted that the scene in the room, complete with a water shower, felt like it was a little bit more than a regular game. It felt like we won the Stanley Cup, <laughs> you know, I mean... I think it's one of those things too, right? I mean, um, everyone just, you know, pulls on the rope, right? I mean, it's everyone comes together and, and, and just, you know, works, you know, that much harder and that much smarter and, and just everyone pulls together, right? And, and so you guys just pulled together for them and, and, and did what they could. So, you know, when, when, you, when you have success, even if it's, you know, in, in a small size, you know, just you you know, winning a game or, or whatnot, right? It's, 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 it's emotional. You know what I mean? When, when you invest that much into it. And so, you know, it was, it was pretty fun. Especially the way it turned out. And when the horn sounded, the moment hit Kane's analyst, Trip Tracy. It's an extraordinary moment for hockey. It's an extraordinary moment for sport. It, it, it's an extraordinary, extraordinary moment for, uh, you know, with regards to human interest and perseverance but specifically for the Carolina Hurricanes organization, for a team to play the way they did, rally around him, a stranger to all of those, all the guys on the team, was it was remarkable. And then the one other thing that I have not mentioned, our dear friend Rod Brindamore's speech when he came into the locker room after the game. I mean, the way you guys play that third period for you, okay? awesome. and the way you play for us. We've seen some memorable ones. Roddy had a great one after uh, Brock McGinn's uh, Game 7 goal in Washington. That was spectacular, what Roddy came in and said, uh, you know, after Dave Ayers had waltzed to the locker room with his teammates as the first star. Roddy's got a way of working blue that still manages to feel family-friendly, doesn't he? 
It's amazing. And yes, Ayers was the game's first star, which was met with an enormous roaring crowd. And I asked former Hurricanes winger Jeff O'Neill, who now does radio in Toronto, if the positive reaction given to Ayers by the disappointed home crowd might have reminded him of how a crowd might react when a visiting team's pitcher throws a no-hitter. Yeah, and the pitcher was serving hot dogs before the game started, and then he goes out and throws the no-hitter. <laughs> well, there's that. But Tracy also notes that fans have a way of embracing those moments, even if it comes at their expense. And the Toronto Maple Leaf crowd, they're hockey educated, so they had to be disgusted with that. Uh, and then for Dave to come out on the ice and get the, the, the boisterous reaction that he did was just, was just awesome. You get that moment that we'll never forget. You know, they went from being very disappointed in the outcome to truly appreciating the story and the uh, infinitely likable guy that Dave Ayers is. And uh, I mean, it was just sensational. Now the game is over. What happens when the game ends? Well, people like me with microphones or notebooks or mini recorders, we get to do our media thing. This is normal for Kane's captain, Jordan Stahl, but not for someone like Dave. I, I feel like a lot of people uh, always hope for that 15 minutes of fame and, and he got it and he ran with it and had fun with it. And, and it was great to see. And, um, you know, I thought it, it brought a good uh, face to our franchise and our, and our team. And, and he was just a good dude. And so it made it even that much better. So it was uh, a really cool story, obviously. And, um, a lot of people were very intrigued by it. And I think uh, outside the hockey world as well. And it was just a lot of fun. Jeff O'Neill also points out that Ayers did use his newfound celebrity for the greater good. It was just quite a scene, man. He was the, he was the talk of the town and any town in North America. I mean, he was on all the big talk shows and everything. So, was, And I think, I think it's good for him because he's been able to kind of upgrade his profile and use it for charities. And, but it's, it's kind of good for him to raise his profile, and he, he definitely got his time for the fame. John Forslund has seen tons of big games and huge media scrubs. And it could have been too much for someone not used to that level of attention. Well, I can't believe how well he handled it, like a natural, right? He, he was he was charismatic. He was glib. Um, he didn't look out of place. He got nice camera presence. Um, he looked like a celebrity. He is a celebrity. And, uh, and he handled it really well. And I, I thought he should love every single minute of it. Former Kane star Justin Williams understood the magnitude of the moment. He can reflect himself and be like, I, did this just happen? I can't believe this just happened, right? Just, and, and you get in the moment and, and you see how special it is by the amount of, of, of media attention it got, and rightfully so. But it wasn't just a normal night. A regular working stiff, a brown bag lunch type, but through an odd set of circumstances, was put in a position he wasn't trained to handle. So Trip Tracy changed his routine. Usually I would go to the bus directly. And in this particular case, I had never met him. Having been a goaltender, I went down to the dressing room and he was still in there and introduced myself. I had never met him. And we had a great moment. This guy, again, is just a superb human being, uh, loves life. He just that that contagious, likable personality extended to the ice in every way in front of everybody's uh, eyes in, in Hockey Night in Canada on a Saturday night. But it didn't end there. Over the next 48 hours, David Ayers was everywhere. The Today Show, Fox and Friends, National Radio, and of course, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, where his unique set of skills was called into service. We've got a great show for you tonight, and oh, ow! Oh, 
God, I pulled my hamstring. I don't think I can finish the monologue. Oh, no. Don't worry, Steven. I got you. <laughs> Zamboni hockey heroes, David Ayers, everybody. It didn't stop there again. No way. The Caniacs needed their time with the e-bug. John Forslund was there for all of it. Coming back to Raleigh, uh, we joked about a retirement ceremony for the next home game on the air. We joked about, you know, raising number 90 to the Raptors. was pretty darn close, wasn't it? I mean, they did everything but. Today is officially David Ayers Day in Raleigh. He's on the siren, and we're just about ready to go. What a story. What a night. It's the Carolina Hurricanes and the Dallas Stars straight ahead. From the siren to the you know, stuff between periods, he came on the air with us again, uh, in and around the team. And I think the genuine nature of the players and how excited they were, how happy they were for him, the kids that, and the guys that play for the Hurricanes and all the other teams in the league are gifted, gifted, professional, elite athletes. But they've never lost a spot for somebody like this. And Justin Williams kind of puts the spectacle around airs into perspective. You know, he's just a very humble and unassuming guy who got to live out his dream in front of uh, millions of people. So, you know, he's uh, obviously a guy I don't know very well, but uh, I think I, I have a good gauge of, of of what kind of guy he is. So uh, I think he's appreciative and um, knows that uh, it was a special moment in time. Reimer chalked it up to one word, sports. I think that's what people love about about sports is that anything can happen on any given night, you know? And, you know, dreams can come true. Dreams can come smashing down. I think that's, it's not scripted. You never know what's going to happen on a given night. You never know what can happen when, when you throw everything you have into something, right? I mean, you know, I think that's the most special thing with that is, is that, you know, odds were against us and, and, and as a team, we pulled together and, and David Ayers and he, he came in, he, he pulled his weight, you know, and, and, made you know it's just something special that night so i don't know i just i just think that the whole event in itself just that just encompasses you know what makes sports you know so great so by this time you think toronto sports fans were over it jeff o'neill says mm, maybe not <laughs> they were pissed at him because they were they were it was up and down for the least at that time and it was like win one lose one win one and then it was like okay what the hell is going on here any other circumstance, I don't care how good a team plays defensively, if you have a third-string goaltender that's not even technically a professional goalie, you, you got to win that game. I don't care what happens, scenarios, they're playing a flying V trap, I don't care. you got to find a way to win that game, and it didn't happen. So in this market, people were going nuts, and kind of deservedly so. Fans going to fan, right? So how does a guy like Ayers handle everything that came his way in the wake of making this kind of history? We'll find out, and then we'll talk with David Ayers after the break. Welcome back to our Canes Corner podcast special honoring the one-year anniversary of the David Ayers game. I'm Adam Gold. The normal pre-pandemic routine when the games are over is pretty standard. Star of the game is interviewed on TV, locker rooms of each team allow reporters in to conduct interviews, then it's over. Then the teams disperse, the press retreats to go file their stories, 
and it takes really no more than 20 or 30 minutes. But this wasn't anything close to normal. A, it's Toronto, the center of the hockey universe, so think football in Texas. B, remember, this game was on Hockey Night in Canada with a national audience in the millions. And C, there was still the matter of the Hurricanes postgame. And the man who was in charge of coordinating all of that was then-Hurricanes media relations manager, Pace Sagaster. I always compare it to your wedding, where there's so few events in your life where you're in the middle of them and you realize that these are going to be things that you remember for the rest of your life. And that's what the post game was. And with our position where we wear two hats with the travel logistics and also the PR side of things, it was chaos because you're trying to, it was, it was the tail end of a back to back with a day off the next day. And, you know, everyone's trying to get home as quickly as possible. And it's Toronto, you have to clear customs, but it's hockey night in Canada. And you just had one of the most special things in the history of the league occur. And it was, I mean, it was, it was chaos, but Dave had such an amazing attitude. He was willing to do anything, you know, obviously really well-spoken, even though that he was trying to digest everything that had happened. That was the first time I knew that we were dealing with a really special person when he was able to handle all that with as much grace as he did. When the game's over, you've got Fox Sports Carolinas, you got Hockey Night in Canada, probably NHL Network, but just for after the game, how many requests were there? A lot. I mean, you, you nailed you nailed the big ones. As soon as he walked off, he got the Hockey Night in Canada towel around his neck and he did that interview. He immediately went over and did the, the interview with Tripp and John post-game, brought him into the locker room so that the team could celebrate. Everyone's seen that video of them throwing the water all over him. And then he, we, we took him outside the locker room to do his post-game scrum because – as you can imagine, there were it felt like hundreds of reporters there talking to him. And then after that, we kind of just had to run. We had to leave because we had to we had to get out of town. But obviously, throughout the course of that next day is when the the bigger requests started flooding in. We realized that I was probably going to have to go to, to New York that day. Do you remember how many stops you guys made? When did it start? When did it end? It's a funny story because it was a day off and I thought I was going to have that day off. And then Mike Sunheim, the VP of, of communications, called me at 5 p.m. And he said, can you be on a flight to New York at 7? <laughs> so I threw on a suit and off we went. Uh, we got in late to New York that night and a car picked us up the next morning at 6 a.m. to take us to the Today Show. After the Today Show, he was doing radio interviews in between. He did Golik and Wingo, the Dan Patrick Show, uh, Pro Hockey Talk. And then he went to Fox and Friends on Fox News. We went to the NHL headquarters and he did a sit down with the New York Times, Dan Lebitard show. And then we went to we went to Rockefeller Center. We did an interview with the NBC Nightly News. And that's when we thought our day was over. We were going to come back to Raleigh. He was going to get a nice dinner, a nice night's rest. Uh, but that's when the Colbert show found out he was in town and called, and we, we audibled to, to finish our day there. We've got a great show for you tonight, and oh, ow! Oh, God, I pulled my hamstring. I don't think I can finish the monologue. Oh, no. Don't worry, Steven, I got you! David Ayers! <laughs> Zamboni hockey heroes, David Ayers, everybody! He's not prepared for. This. He's not a pro. He's not used to doing these things. Where did uh, where did the 
um, I don't know, the ability to take it all in and handle it well. Where did that come from? It was all him. That's just his personality. You, you could tell through his interviews that he realized that the platform he was given to talk about uh, kidney donation. And just because you're a kidney recipient uh, doesn't mean that you can't live your life any differently than you did before. And I think that's what motivated him to kind of stay engaged. And he, so many of the interviews were exactly the same thing. And he was working off zero sleep. The rest of us were working off zero sleep. But he, he just stayed dialed in. He stayed engaged. And that was the best part about the, the Colbert show was we, we gave him the option. We said, look, we know you don't know what this is. And it's the number one nightly show in the U.S., it's a pretty good opportunity for you, but if you don't want to do it, we'll just catch our flight back to Raleigh now. We'll go home. He said, no, let's do it. It sounds fun. And he went out there in front of a live studio audience and nailed it two different times. He had two different appearances and they did rehearsal, but they ran through it like once and he just nailed it. And I mean, that's, that's just all him. That's, that's a, that's a guy who realized the opportunity and, and the stage that he had and just kept crushing it. Did he ever crush it? Handled it, I guess, kind of like a pro, right? So we turn back to David Ayers. At one time, the Canadian kid with dreams of playing on the biggest stage. As a kid, especially here in my area, hockey was pretty much all you wanted to do when you were a kid between my brother and my friends. We play road hockey all the time and pond hockey. And uh, you, get, you finally get to play in an NHL game and you're like, wow, you know, you made it, and not too many people get a chance to, to do that. I was fortunate enough to be uh, to be able to be the emergency goalie and be there that night and and get into a game. So uh, just to be able to get into that game was, was a dream for me, and then to be able to win it with an awesome team and great guys in Carolina uh, made it even better. What was your interaction with the head coach, Rod Brindamore? He's a good guy. He's really good with the players. Uh, you can tell that by his intermission speeches where he just kind of you know, told the guys, you know, kind of let's play for ourselves, let's play for Dave, let's, you know, make this a great memory. And, and he was the same way after the game. He, he told me, thanks for the, thanks for the memory. I'll never forget this. And um, he signed a bottle of wine for me, which is sitting downstairs on the counter. I don't think it's going to move from my, uh, from the area. I can see it every single day. And it always reminds me of uh, how great of a person he was to me. You know, he didn't know me, but he treated me like one of the guys, which was a great, how many interviews, and I believe I'm two of them, how many interviews <laughs> did you do after the game? I don't think I got out of there till, uh probably, I think it was two, two hours or so after the game was over. Uh, I did a lot of, obviously, uh, the TV stuff in Toronto, uh, CBC in Canada, which is big up here. Yeah. Everyone gets the towel. Uh, in Canada, the towel is a huge thing. Um, and I have that at my house, which is, which is awesome. But I would say, wow, I probably did 10, 10 or 12 interviews either by phone or, uh, on TV or whatnot before I left the rink. And I think I probably did the same amount the next day, if not more as before the whole New York city, uh, kind of tour went down, but, uh, I did a lot of interviews. That's for sure. How did that, how did the New York city trip come about? I was at practice uh, the next morning, actually, with the Leafs. And I got a phone call um, asking if I'd be okay to go down to, to New York City. And I, I, I had a thing on TSN up here already planned to go. And I was at practice, and I didn't have anything ready. And I lived probably about an hour away from Toronto without, without uh, traffic. So I had to go and, and readjust everything and boot home and then you know grab my passport and some clothes and then 
get right to the uh, to the airport. And I, I think I got on the plane as they were shutting the door. Like They were like, I don't think you're going to make this. I said, I, I have to make this. I have no choice to get on the plane. Please let me in. So uh, they let me in, and I, and I met Pace in, in uh, New York City, and he kind of showed me the way. And, and I couldn't tell you really too many places that I went in New York City because I, I felt like I was uh, – you know, being turned in every single way. I had a phone to my ear or I was in front of a camera or talking to somebody. Um, uh, it was awesome, but I, I, I don't really remember where exactly I went, but I met so many pretty cool people there. Uh, and then, then you come down to Raleigh. We had David Ayers night. When you got a chance to feel what the PNC Arena crowd uh, was, uh, was all about, what was that like? The fans are different there. Um, in Toronto... You know, they've got so many big sports teams and Leafs, whether they win or they lose, they kind of, people just want to have season tickets. Uh, in Raleigh, the people were so passionate about the game. Uh, they're so, they're loud. They're into the game. Even though it was a weeknight game, uh, it was just awesome to be there. And we stayed uh, a couple extra days because we love the city so much and we wanted to meet some more people. Uh, so we ended up staying a little bit longer than we thought we were going to stay. I almost missed my Hockey Hall of Fame uh, stick induction because we stayed a couple extra days. We got caught in a snowstorm on the way home. So your stuff, you have stuff in the Hockey Hall of Fame? Yeah, my, they took my stick uh, when I got off the ice in Toronto. Uh, and it's, got, it's in display now at the Hockey Hall of Fame, which was uh, obviously a huge honor. So many people spend so many years playing hockey to get stuff in there. And I was fortunate enough that they took my stick and, and put it in there. What else did you gain, uh, you know, in, t- in, in terms of gear or anything from that night? You know, I got a really cool, that night when I was there, the fans uh, had signed a Kane jersey. Uh, and I sit here, it's in my closet right at the front. And every day I look in, it's got all these people's names on it and they thank yous and this and that on the actual jersey. And I think that was one of my favorite things that I, that I took away from Raleigh other than cheer wine because we don't get cheer wine up here and that stuff's delicious um <laughs> that, that, was, that was fantastic um but you just you know what it's the people that you meet and the friendships that you, you gain from this game you know whether it's being in Toronto or Carolina um the people that reach out to you on uh, social media and just kind of say thank you and I was here for this game and this is how I watch it and I remember it very vividly and that's the best. You know, you hear all the cool positive stories about uh, people where they were and how they, how they um, kind of reacted to the game. I think that's the best thing for me. But what is it like to see people walking around with your name and number on the back of their shirts? I think that's a dream for every kid who plays a certain sport, whatever sport that they love. And they go to a professional uh, hockey game or football game or baseball game. And they see, you know, a certain player's name on the back of their jersey. And you're like, wow, I would love to have my name on the back of the jersey and have people uh, wear that around. And, you know, that's just something that you don't actually think is going to happen. And then when I got to the game, there's people wearing them. Uh, that was so cool. Uh, you know, obviously, the Carolina um, management and, and the marketing guys and stuff, they all came up with the idea of these T-shirts. And they, they said to me, you know, um, we're going to make these t-shirts and you can have you know, some of the profit from the t-shirts. And I turned around and I said, is there any way we could find a, a kidney foundation nearby that we can donate some of this money to, um, from the purchase of the t-shirts? And they found, um, the national, uh, kidney foundation headquarters in, in Charlotte, I believe it was. 
And so uh, a portion of the money from the t-shirt sales went to the uh, kidney foundation to, to help out. Obviously I had a kidney uh, transplant 16 years ago and if it wasn't for all the great things that kidney foundation and the hospitals do, uh, you know, I would have had the chance to play this game. So it was very close to my heart that we, we got some donations going to the kidney foundation to help people out. I watch a lot of, um, Centerize or NHL network. And there is a, in almost every one of their highlight packages, there is a David Ayers highlight. So what is it like to, to see that? It's uh, even to this day, you know, people will send me stuff, um, you know, highlight packages that they see or certain things about me that they, that they've seen on social media or on TV. They'll videotape and send it to me. And, you know, it's still, you kind of try and you have to pinch yourself sometimes. And you're like, wow, that's, you know, that was actually me. And I was, I was in that game and, and, uh, you know, it's been almost a year now. So it, it feels like even longer. Um, and sometimes it doesn't feel real. And then when people send you highlights to, to remind you, it's awesome. I think it's, uh, it's really cool. You know, whether it was me or it was another guy doing the exact same uh, thing I did in that game, um, I would have been happy for them as well. I, it's a great moment for the sport. You know, it was kind of unique and it brought a lot of attention to hockey and to the NHL and uh, especially to Carolina. And I think it's great. How has the moment has the moment changed you? What is different today about David Ayers than one year ago? You know, I don't think too much kind of personally. I, I'm, uh, I've got my own kind of life already. I had my life going on a normal basis. I had a full-time job and, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I got to play that game, the game that I love. And, um, you know, like I said, it's fortunate to be able to play an NHL game and we, we got the win. Um, like I said, you meet so many people and you get to, you get to realize that, um, I guess when people know your name, you can kind of use that platform for good. And that's what I've been, been trying to do. Like I said, with organ donation, kidney donation, stuff like that, anything that I can do to help, uh, put smiles on people's faces. You know, I had a smile on my face pretty much that whole game. And if I can put a smile on someone else's face, um, because they've watched that game or I've helped in a certain way, then I think that that's uh, one of the things that's really close for me. It takes a special person to handle all that David Ayers was given over the next few days and weeks. Could have easily gotten away from him. And when you're not used to this level of attention, a lot can go wrong. But seemingly, it all went so right. He was celebrated. Men, women, children still have number 90 Ayers t-shirts in their drawers or closets or wherever they keep such things. He was everywhere. He hardly, if ever, said no. And throughout it all, the smile never left his face. David Ayers is a special person, a man who was only in his position thanks to his mother and the kidney she gave him. And that appreciation is evident in everything he does and everything he says. It was an honor to spend some time with him on the phone, and I thank him and his wife, Sarah, for allowing me to tell part of his story. There's only one thing that bothered me about this whole endeavor. And when I say bothered, I don't really mean in a bad way. Think this through with me just for a second. What would have happened had the Hurricanes won the Stanley Cup last year? I mean, he's not on the team. He's not part of the organization. There's no official connection. But could you, could you put David Ayer's name on the cup? I asked John Forslund. 52 spots. Good question. <laughs> he might have. 
They might. It, it might have. I think it should it should be considered if they did. I think it should have been considered, and I think um, that was an important game. They lose that game. I'm not sure. I'm not sure they make make the playoff. They were not. They were not right. Well, we'll never know. But I'd like to think in an alternate universe where the Carolina Hurricanes are lifting the 2020 Stanley Cup, that David Ayers is in the middle of that celebration, taking a turn, hoisting it over his head above that non-stop smile and eventually drinking that bottle of wine given to him by Rod Brindamore right out of the top of the chalice. The Canes Corner Podcast is brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. From roofing to siding to storm doors to every kind of window under the sun, no better place to go. So head to AluminumCompany.com for a free no-obligation estimate. Aluminum Company of North Carolina on Hamlin Road in Durham. The Canes Corner Podcast is part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network with special assistance from Rusty Helser and Doug Miller. I thank them for their time and attention. You can subscribe to the Canes Corner Podcast wherever you get your podcast. Rate us, review us. Feel free to reach out. Tell us what you think. Until next time, I'm Adam Gold. You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sportsfan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Canes Corner Podcast. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.